This episode is dedicated to all those wild, crazy mates out there. It's Plant Care for Beginners this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That? The party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nadia. How are you? Burr. I'm cold. cold. I am also cold. Burr. What is with this? <laughs> it gets one, me every year. The one thing I will say about uh, the rapid increase of climate change is it has really messed with how I can dress at any particular point in any season. Because on the one hand, I, I got so used as a kid, like, well, this is the part of the year where you're just wearing sleeves, and this is the part of the year where you're not. And then something will happen, like in the middle of January or February, where it'll be like 85 degrees, and you're going, what? Ha- what is this? Yeah. Now I, now I got to pull out the summer clothes? I you just know, packed those. They say in Michigan, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Isn't that what they say about Chicago, too? Yeah, that's what I was about to say was... <laughs> And you know what they say about the weather in Ohio? If you don't like the weather in Ohio, wait five minutes. I feel like the Midwest needs some new slogans. Like, you yeah, think state would like have some sort of weird pride around it. Yeah, or just like, well, we're in the Midwest. Like, yeah, come together, <laughs> unity. This you, isolation is only in Michigan. Only in Michigan do you wait five minutes. This is the problem: is our country's too divided, and we need to be united. That You know, I have not heard that until just now. <laughs> Why has nobody said that yet, Nadia? You're right. Uh, isn't it nice to be able to say President Biden? Yeah, it's nice to it's nice to think of a, a new era of the United States growing and blossoming. It's mm. like the, like a seed started germinating on yes. November 3rd. Yes. And uh, and has now bloomed into a presidency yes like a little sprout coming out like like a baby plant you yeah. might be taking care is of it the, is it what we wanted to grow out of the no, seed but, you know but something it's grew growing. It's, <laughs> it's growing growing. that's the sec alert going off i'm gonna bring in our amazing guest of the week she is a comic book editor and co-host of the podcast dirt cheap please welcome amanda meadows Hello, hello, Nadia. Hello, Steve. Hello, Burr, indeed. I, as we have remarked upon earlier, I am in a full sweatshirt and scarf <laughs> in Los Angeles because it also it takes me by surprise every time. It's I'm complaining about how hot it is most of the year, and then when it's finally the cold that I want, I'm like, but it's June. <laughs> you do look very cozy, though. I will say that. Thank you. Yes, I've got my finest polyester blends on. Uh, it is true that the the presidency that is blooming is not the one that I that I specifically wanted. That said, it is better than a dead rotting plant. Yeah, it <laughs> that feels... is producing nothing. <laughs> we definitely got a mysterious packet of. like purporting to be magic beans and then when that shit started sprouting we're like i don't know about this (laughs) um 
yeah, I don't know. Will it be a little shop of horrors? I don't know yet. We'll see. I I still I think hearing the words vice uh, President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris is still funny to me. I haven't gotten over <laughs> it being funny. It As like funny. it's the most hilarious response to Trump, it, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it it's definitely if if I had done some like uh oh what am I thinking of like March Madness bracket making. I don't think I would have predicted this combo. And so, yeah, it is funny, but it is at least like not. In, God, God forbid I become one of those liberals that's like, oh, back to brunch, because that's never going to happen. But there is a slight <laughs> sigh. There's a slight sigh of relief of just going like, OK, all right. We're not in such crazy town anymore. We can actually get things done. We're not just like constantly fighting a a, a tide of pure unadulterated shit right <laughs> just like a sewage tsunami it's like, at all times it's a, it's like shit but also acid like it's shit that's also <laughs> corrosive in yeah really especially toxic way <laughs> yeah exactly we're no longer in the it cave where he's just like changing shapes we're we're actually just like dealing with like normal demons normal therapy demons like i can handle this kind of like i could i could fight for a better future when everybody's kind of on the same playing field yeah exactly i'm i'm hoping that we don't immediately fuck this up <laughs> it's i try to like we got two years we have like kind of almost two years to actually yeah. do some things before the next white lash comes in a new mm -hmm. form uh as, as they've already advertised we will be coming back in some new form It'll be exciting. You'll love it when you see it. I can't give it away yet, but you'll know it. You'll know when it's coming. Check think, eight, Chad. I think Nadia coined a new phrase with the uh, "back to brunch liberals." I think so. I think if, if I'm not Democrats a back to brunch liberal, I feel I feel like I didn't coin that. I whoever did. Uh, I wanted, is that a real thing? I, I don't know if it's a real thing, but. I feel like I can't take full credit for that. I feel it like it is I've a type of person. Yes. Yeah, it's a type of person. I think mo multiple people have commented okay. on. Rightfully so. I think it would be extra honest if the Democrats, in their current form, just called themselves the brunch party. It makes a lot more sense, <laughs> uh, <laughs> given what we've been able to accomplish. Uh, so, like, yeah, and then and then the DSA can be like the real. <laughs> <laughs> the real left party or yeah, something. It, I don't know. No, it's true. It's true. It does feel like a lot of what they're setting out to do. I'm like, this feels this is the bare minimum. Orange juice and champagne is the bare minimum of an alcoholic morning beverage. <laughs> it's <laughs> I don't eliminate any points for a mimosa. That's yeah. expected. <laughs> yes, exactly. Five grand off for student debt is the bare bare minute is the absolute least you can do kind of stuff. It feels like a fucking Wingstop gift card still, but <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> we'll take what we can get, I guess. <laughs> when are those stimmies coming? <laughs> Give us our money. <laughs> Give me my money. Speaking of green. Oh, another oh, bee -doo, bee -doo, bee -doo. Wow. So today we're going to be talking about, I'm, I'm coining it, uh, taking care of plants 101, plant care for beginners, however you'd like to frame it. Uh, Amanda, why do you know that? 
Oh man, uh, I, I think uh, the short answer is the pandemic because mm-hmm. um, I, I, I had had multiple failed attempts, false starts with plant care. Most of them uh, <laughs> involved succulents that I was insured <laughs> could never die. <laughs> and I found ways, I found new ways, new technologies, if you will, for ex- expediting the death of a succulent. You know, it's, I'm sure there's some scientific use for that knowledge, but I haven't found it yet. So uh, last year, um, when I became extra, extra indoors, I'm already a homebody, but now that I work from home entirely and the outside is lava, <laughs> I, I just like decided, oh, I'll bring the outside inside. And that was like the kind of harebrained scheme that sort of started it. And then um, as I learned more about plants, I kind of reconnected to like my love of like, living things uh, in like a very basic way <laughs> and that uh, has been enlightening for me so far. And I've, I've, uh, I've enjoyed my, my like very, very plant baby uh, experiences so far. Um, and uh, yeah, I've got, I've got names for most of them now. Maybe you can help me name other ones. Oh, um, yes. Yes. Uh, let's see. Oh, this guy is really good. This is, I have this neon pathos. Uh, it's one of those like can't kill plants, mm-hmm. but uh, it does not like temperature fluctuations. When uh, when it was like ninety degrees last week, you know, before it became fifty degrees and raining, it like completely deflated, and I thought it was dead forever. And then I just watered it and was like, <laughs> like I'm fine, no, <laughs> no biggie, JK. Um, uh, so that guy could use a name. Um, I like how green he is. What's something green? green. Um, He's brainstorming. Yeah, because it, it looks fresh. It look it's bright. It's fresh. It's green. I'm gonna go with. I can't think of anything. <laughs> I can't help because the first name that came to my mind for bright green and fresh was Nate, <laughs> which is not that plant's not a Nate. I, do you know a Nate who's like especially nope. exuberant? Sure don't. Sure don't. <laughs> I do love that the first name that came to mind is Nate. I think there is some like Nate. reason why that came to mind, and I think that's meaningful somehow. <laughs> We'll yeah, I, I, I say don't second guess it. This is now Nate. Nate, yeah, but it's N and then an eight. Oh, I like Ooh. it. I like it. This is this is like now an identity. It's a brand. N8. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Market that. Start a gram for Nate. Yep. Nate <laughs> We're going to start the IG for. Oh, man, that's something I haven't done yet. But I'm deep into plant Instagram and YouTube, though. That is Ooh. that's my current rabbit hole. Okay, so give us a brief rundown on um, some of the plant socials before we get more into actual plant caretaking. Yeah. So let's say you're somebody where you're like, I've tried it, I've killed every plant I've owned, but I love looking at plants. Who would you go follow? Okay, so um, I like uh, the LA Times uh, plants. Uh, IG is pretty good. If you are SoCal native, they show a lot of native plants, and I learn a lot about those species. Um 
I am a black woman, so I also really love uh, black women in gardens. Um, it's a favorite. Also, um, Leah Penniman of uh, Soulfire Farm, um, also a big learning place. Who else? Oh, and uh, Ron Finley, who is also like a, a black farmer here in Los Angeles. He also does a lot of like workshops and stuff like that. And his uh, IG is updated sometimes with some cool images of bushy plants that are like extremely wild, um, which uh, is really a uh, punk, I think, to like just let like a lemon tree go out of control and just like give those lemons out to everybody. Yeah. Like, make your like, own rules tree. Yeah, exactly. Um, so now I'm like, uh, now I'm starting to think, uh, the plants are kind of a big part of the resistance in some ways for me. So I've, that's one of the many reasons why I've gotten way too into it. <laughs> no, I agree with you though. Cause I do think that there's, I mean, not to make this whole, this particular episode super political, but there is something that's very, very frustrating about, uh, people who own homes and they have yard space and they could be devoting some of that yard space towards just straight up growing food to give out to people um, or or I guess if you want to selling it on the cheap or what have you. But I mean, how many people how many times have you guys known somebody who happens to live somewhere with a backyard and they have fruit trees and they're just like, please take these off my hands like they're just growing right. like crazy and you really only get to take stuff off the hands of say your neighbors uh i remember growing up and i had that we had a nectarine tree and a plum tree and a lemon bush lime bush situation um and those things once they started blue it's like just ripe fruit everywhere on the ground just like we couldn't give that stuff away and it's just kind of this waste this waste yeah. to, to you know to, to have all this food on the ground and i just go oh there's got to be a better way and that way is putting a lemon tree in your yard so I don't have to go to the grocery store to pay for a lemon. Yeah, it's like 89 cents a lemon at Whole Foods. What the fuck is that? It makes yeah. no sense. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think a lot of it is like we're trained to be um, consumers and like good consumers. And mm -hmm. I think that's like one of the small little ways in which like learning how to tend to plants is a form of resistance against like food capitalism where it creates scarcity where there shouldn't be and there isn't any really but it's kind of being forced so that certain people only have certain options um so like uh learning how to like grow basil and then not having to like buy a bunch of like weird like weak spindly basil at ralph's that's like already you get like kind of you get enough for, for like one use out of a bunch in the red like you have to like parse through it to find good pieces and then yes. the rest goes to the garbage yeah there. it comes Unfair. in a plastic bin which isn't helpful yeah exactly it's, it's all those little like dumb eco reasons where it's like okay this actually just doesn't add up why am i putting all this effort and money into uh a less efficient way of like nourishing oneself. Um, so how do you know if you're ready for a plant? Like, let's say somebody comes to you and it's like, I, don't, I can't take care of plants. I'm a mess. I'm a human mess. Like, is there something that you tell them to start off with? Like, this is easy to get into. Trust me. Yes. Okay. So I started with succulents and I think that was sometimes 
I think for some people it might be a mistake because I thought they were so easy and I just put them in a window and realized later that, oh, this is a west-facing window. So now that means the light is too intense for some part mm. of the day and then it just burned up one side of the cactus and then it just made the cactus retreat and shrivel up. Um, I didn't realize that was what was going on. Um, I learned basic things about where the sun is. Um, so uh, that's why I think something that doesn't even really require a specific kind of light is the easiest. So like a snake plant, a bunch of uh, species of, sn of snake plant are like low light, you can throw them in a corner and you can forget to water them for like two months and they'll still survive. <laughs> um, they come from like kind of a hardy, hardy kind of landscape. So they can, they can really tough it out if you just like decide to leave for a few months and forget <laughs> to have someone water your plants. Like it'll be fine. Um, another plant that's like that is the ZZ plant. Uh, that's also like, an almost succulent in the way that it like hoards water in its base. So you only need to water it like once a month. Um, and it can also deal with like very little light. I have it in the deadest corner of my desk and it just persists. Nevertheless, I think she's uh, pretty good. That one's name is Zatanna. I think that was, that was like the first like, like real like introductory plant I think I bought last spring. And mm. it's, yeah, it's, it'll be like a year of having her in like maybe March. Ooh, have yeah. you started thinking about what you're going to do for the one year? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, maybe we should start. I think don't plants like music. I think they like music. Yes. There's yes. Plants science, love music. <laughs> there's some science about sound and like, Oh, like probably vibrations the, and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, in the wild, there'd be like birds flapping and shit and like mm -hmm. animals walking around, um, farting on them and stuff. So like they kind of do want a little bit of stimuli. Um, so they yeah, want to get farted on. They want to get farted on. Listen, don't kink shame. And <laughs> like, I want my plants to have full, rich inner lives. <laughs> Whatever they're willing to share with me, I, I will feel you know, honored and grateful, um, to be privy, but like, uh, and, and yeah, maybe like a, a song, maybe I should have like a, like a song custom written <laughs> for each plant. That's like <laughs> Ooh, a, yes. their own special birthday song. That's a, yeah, maybe like, I don't know if Diane Warren's busy, but like, <laughs> I feel like she hasn't been writing like huge hits lately. Maybe like maybe Diane, Diane Warren, Warren can get you like a get you a good plant song. I mean, even like if it's a you know if she's just pulling something from the trunk, I think I'd be happy. Oh with right, it. yeah. You just go through her like Joan Rivers Rolodex of <laughs> songs and go, ooh, plants, plants, begonias, roses. Okay, <laughs> um, ah yes. How about this one? Uh, I would love that. Uh, God, do you remember? Uh, there was a 2020 uh, like feature interview of Barbara Walters with Diane Warren. And it's like stuck in my brain because she lived the way like a 13 year old girl, like dreams <laughs> she would live as like a songwriter. Like she is just like in a, <laughs> like a big penthouse with a big piano and there's like, like horses and like teddy bears. 
Uh, and it was just like, wow, this is like a this is a dream, like a, an asexual's dream. <laughs> it's beautiful. That would be a great Diane Warren ballad. <laughs> yes, I think it would be. I, it would be transformative for music if Diane Warren was the one who explored the aromantic asexual spectrum. <laughs> I feel she's already got like a corner on like aromantic love ballads. <laughs> yes, like someone who has written so many love songs and has never been in love is an incredible <laughs> thing. Like that was the thing I think she like s- the biggest thing she said in that interview with Barbara Walters that just stuck with me. I was just like, wow, the imagination, <laughs> the human imagination, stronger, uh-huh. stronger than the human genital. <laughs> I wonder if the, Diane the Warren has a lot of The human genital can only do so much. <laughs> You know, I have to tell you, you can go anywhere. You I don't go anywhere, baby. I don't Google Diane Warren often, <laughs> but every but time I do, every time I do, I'm always like, "Oh, that's right, I forgot about her hair," because <laughs> she just has always had like a very distinct, like long bang, like kind of hair style. Just I just always have not liked her hair. Sorry, Diane. You've wrote some bops, but I've never liked your hair. Um, and every time I Google her, I'm always like, oh, that's right. Oh, you're right. These bangs. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they made sense in the late 90s. And I, but it's brave that she sticks with it. Yeah. Wow. I gotta look. I mean, I'm here's the thing. People that are more successful than me, like they're public figures they don't they've got money they've got success and so in my mind i'm entitled to just take as many pot shots as i want and just be like i it's critic i'm being it's critique (laughs) it's crazy it's hard if you can't handle constructive generative critique (laughs) (laughs) but but your hair looks like shit Uh, it's so funny when like extremely pale people dye their hair that inky, like Tommy Wiseau black. Yes. Yeah. It just, whenever I see it, I get nervous for them. Like if they sweat, they're going to like Giuliani, like down their chin, (laughs) down the sides of their face. It's just like, (laughs) Uh, yeah, you can't, you can't do the jet black and pale skin, it's hard. It's a hard look to pull off. It is a choice. If you can pull it off, you just need maintenance. It's just maintenance. maintenance. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't make me and Amanda worry. <laughs> uh, I, okay. We don't have to talk about Diane Warren this whole time. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but never won an Oscar. Oh, yeah. been nominated one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven nominations, no win. Mm. But she did win a Critics' Choice Award for Best Song <laughs> for Music of My Heart by Gloria Stefan and In Sync. So, wow, what a know. choice! <laughs> what when a you choice have, I mean, wouldn't, w- which would you choose? Because <laughs> that's what I. That's the award I would want. Oh man, what were the other eight songs that year? <laughs> like they must have all been complete nonsense. This was a bad time for music. Um, 
the I mean, at least one. it was a critic's choice, you know. I think um, <laughs> the but critics. The I'd rather a critic's choice, choice than a people's choice. <laughs> like I feel, I feel the. You farther, don't trust it, the people. You're no, I don't like, trust the people, and I will never trust the teens. <laughs> kids, what about maybe. the kids? Yeah, you the know, kids, they like John Cena, so I'm all right with it. Yeah, like yeah, it, I feel the Kids Choice Awards is. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with Kids Choice Awards. Somebody gets slimed. I feel it's always, you know, yeah, now it's John Cena. Before that was The Rock. Like, there's always going to be, like, wrestler royalty that has flipped into, like, family entertainment. And they'll yes. always be getting slimed. Um, yes, every you know, 15 years, we get yeah. a new one. A new <laughs> one gets released into the kids' universe. <laughs> Go, Run. Be free among them. Be free, Batista. You're next. <laughs> Enjoy <Yes>. Marvel. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I'm a big wrestling fan. So that's, that's uh, you know, something that I would love. I need to figure out a way to make plants and wrestling work um, <laughs> as a conversation topic for this podcast. <laughs> now that you now that I'm thinking about wrestling. Um, well, I am thinking that maybe one of your plants could be named after Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh my God! Yes. Ooh, ooh. He's one of my faves. One. Yes. Um. He is so badass. I also love that. Like, since he moved over to WWE, he's just like enjoying it. He like doesn't really care about his gimmick and is just like coming out and like air guitaring to his song for 10 minutes. I, yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that about him. Like 14 <laughs> violins played at once for his <laughs> yes. own theme song. And he's just like, yeah, okay, then I'll push you and then we'll have a match. <laughs> he doesn't care. It's great. It's yeah. great. <laughs> Wrestling um, is, we might have said it here or I might have heard it somewhere else. Um, those are the two options. But wrestling truly is like, um, s straight men's drag. It is yes. absolutely. I think like it's just drag kings. Yeah, but like just um, you know, with like a ton of like gasoline and turpentine <laughs> thrown onto it. It's just real toxic masculinity, like combined with like American myth making and like our sort of imperialist like political outlook like all kind of blended together in what like ends up being like a dude who believes he's a dinosaur fighting <laughs> a dude who is a, a cowboy <laughs> who may or may not be joining a cult that's led by what's now a child <laughs> you know like that's that I think is like America's truest, most beautiful art form. It's like it, jazz and wrestling. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right and musical there, right theater. There. And musical it's theater. Like, They're all the, the, the beautiful, underappreciated arts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, then the, the one thing that I feel like the three all have in common is just like somebody making too big of a deal about something that doesn't matter that much. <laughs> yes. Which does feel very American. Yes, it does. Being like really uh, petty and entitled yes. and annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Being like, but I want to be the center of attention for a minute. You always are. Ugh. Um, okay. So 
some basics for plants. Basic plants. <laughs> ba- so the basics that I that I was looking into because I am I'm a bad green thumb. I've I've killed pretty much everything that I've got. I made a big nursery trip during the pandemic uh, to fill my patio with plants, all of which are now dead. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I've, I have. I didn't go nuts or anything. I just like was like, I'll buy this and this and a couple of herbs and that you know like. It just it's bad luck. Uh, a lot of it has to do with, I'm sure, the heat. And so we have yeah. obviously light, location, and watering. So what can you tell our our dear listeners about light, location, and watering as far as like the three things to kind of keep in mind with plants? Oh, yeah. Okay. So light, I think um, it it's like one of the most confusing ones to get right when you don't know what they mean. Like when I first read like bright indirect sunlight I thought okay let me just put it in the window and then uh that turned out to be not what they meant um but like I didn't really understand that until like I really read like longer form articles about what light means and where it goes and how to position things based on the direction your windows are facing so so there's like the the stages of light like low light medium light um, indirect light slash partial shade. So there are plants that are like cool with being in the sun for a minute and in the shade the next. And then there are other plants for whom that would just destroy them. So, um, so sort of keeping an eye on the parts of your home that you're placing your plants, um, because that actually has a lot to do with light. Um, when it, um, so, Ooh, Another interesting thing about light is um, there are grow lights that um, you can buy if you don't have enough light in your apartment. My apartment is actually pretty shitty for natural light. Like I've got a tree that blocks a lot of the light, which is helpful for the heat in my living room. But in the bedroom, it's like blazing sun from like 3 p.m. on. So I had to figure out what that would mean for my plants. And so I got some like pretty, pretty good, like concrete lessons by seeing like actual leaves frying up and like being crispy on the ends. And that means, oh, that was too hot. That was too much light, too close to the window. Okay, let's put this one five feet from the window. As long as it has the light, it should be fine. And then that worked. Um, so, uh, So when it comes to location, you don't want to like move your plants a ton. Um, if you if you do, they just like lose their bearings and they're just like, where am I? Um, and they some will just act out like they'll just like drop or lose a few blooms or um, or also like dry out or if it's one of those like. Uh, plants that opens as the light comes in, it'll just like clam up and never open up. Um, so it's important to like pick the spot, be intentional about it, figure out where the light's going to come from. If you're going to put in a light, uh, there's a bunch of super cheap Amazon lights. Um, also, any other store that you want to buy them, they're usually like 20 bucks and you plug them in. Um, I have those in my kitchen and they've been pretty helpful. Um, so yeah, that's location light watering, um, really depends from plant to plant. Uh, a lot of the beginner plants that we mentioned earlier are all like pretty chill with water. Like you don't want to water them until they're mostly dry. 
mm-hmm. um, and the others, you know, have varying levels of like, I want humidity or I want uh, to just always have my soil wet. Um, and those are ones that I, you know, have to take special care. And um, misting is another part of watering that some plants really, really want and other plants hate. So um, trying to like group the all the wet boys, all the guys that want to be like moist and humid all the time, all the wet boys, <laughs> put those in like an area. Um, I, there's a bunch of YouTube videos uh, about like making your own indoor greenhouse. I'm nowhere near that shit, but like if you if that's your thing, you can get like a glass case, fill it with a humidifier, and put all of your wet boys in there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I have a lot of dry guys and then a the couple of moist ones uh, I, I have uh, near each other, like my baby fiddle leaf fig that uh, I think it's called a bambino, which is adorable. I love, I love that. that. I, yeah, I feel like overwatering has been one of my criminal sins in the past as far as trying to take care of plants. And I had no idea until uh, it was too late that overwatering uh, is a bad thing and apparently you're supposed to kind of you want like the f- the top one to two inches of soil kind of dry because they just don't want to yeah. sit around being wet which I get when I get out of the shower I dry off I don't want to just sit around being wet so why would yeah. the plant want to just sit around being wet it makes exactly. so much more sense once I realized that like oh <laughs> yeah at first you just sort of think of it like you think of like I, I you know I would think about a plant as like oh I'm in, I'm inputting water like it's a machine and then it's going to do its thing and I'll know what's going on and it's like no I actually have to pay attention to it and see what it tells me by what it does and uh when uh the first plant that I killed by overwatering it was like very clear because uh the you like pull it out of the pot and if the roots are like super dark and like gnarly and like super super wet and um kind of moldy looking then it's root rot and that's that's what overwatering will do to mm-hmm. a plant if it's just like seriously drowning in in like a tray of water then don't do that um but yeah for the most part like you want to just stick your finger in the soil you know just <laughs> put your dipstick in uh figure it out um you know stick, you stick it, it in, out. finger up that wet boy and see what happens <laughs> exactly you're That's- not gonna know what your wet boy wants until you put your finger in <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just, it's the only way to know. That's the only Common way sense. Um, uh, okay, so another big question that I think comes up a lot, and I think we all are cat owners here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's accurate. Um, that's why so- I've just been like, eh, no way, no thank you, plants. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't have to figure out what's right. Exactly, because there's a lot of plants that are toxic, especially for cats, but apparently all pets. And uh, even those with small children, like you don't want your kid eating uh, a plant that can mess with them, um, even causing just like a mild stomach ache or what have you. So like I know lilies are very bad for cats. Yes, uh, Um, I don't have any. I really would love one because they're so pretty, but I'm just not going to chance it. Um, Our cat is pretty uh, cute and compact and she doesn't like to jump up too high on our furniture we also are pretty good about shooing her off like if she gets on my desk it's like weird that she does so i'm very lucky in that regard i know a lot of folks have cats that are just like fuck your shit i'm gonna like walk into your soup um but ours ours is a little more like uh mindful of the human spaces and isn't really interested in them i guess so i just put all of my plants up 
Um, and that's been useful. The one time I had a plant on like a coffee table, she absolutely started chewing on it. And, <laughs> and uh, like 20 minutes later, there was like a foamy puddle of cat puke with like green flecks in it. I was oh. like, that's what you get for trying to eat. She didn't, she didn't like get sick, but she clearly hated the taste. Um, and uh, so I just, uh, I only have non-toxic plants except for the fiddly fig. Um, but that guy is really small and also in my kitchen high up. So my cat wouldn't get to it. Um, yeah, there's like a bunch of websites and apps and shit that will like, you can even like scan your phone camera over a plant and the app will tell you what it is and whether or not it's toxic and shit. So wow. pretty easy. I don't know, but here's the thing. Out. I don't know. I don't know if I trust that. Like, I don't know if I can trust uh, computer recognition <laughs> software to just see the leaves <laughs> and be like, like I, I can trust it if it was, <laughs> Listen, if it was like, not wrong. <laughs> do these smell nice and scan this to find out. But I, in terms of like, will this murder my cat? I'm not sure I could just, I mean, I, it's probably like a good place to start, you know, find It's a out. good place to start. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe don't um, test it <laughs> by going like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to buy this piece of lily uh, <laughs> and <laughs> just put it right in front of my cat and see what happens. Um, yeah. I feed to I, one of your smaller cats first to, as a, as a, you know, when you're supposed to like test like, like fabric when you're dying, like test a small portion first. Like, <laughs> Test with a smaller yeah. cat first. Oh, that's a good idea. Or, you know, the cat you like the least, have them test it before the cat you like most does. Um, uh, yeah. I like how the way to test if something is poisonous for your cat is just feed it to your cat. <laughs> I'll see what happens. See what happens. <laughs> you know, spin the wheel. Who knows? That's definitely the cat's attitude towards things. Like that's a cat true. is just right? like, can I eat it? I will try to eat it. And uh, if it proves me wrong, uh, touche. <laughs> like, <laughs> like she'll just she'll try it. She'll try eating like a bit of plastic, and then eventually figure out that oh, this has happened before. This is, I I don't eat plastic, but <laughs> um, with a plant, I just keep them high up, high yeah. up. Keep them I away feel from like her. Avoiding a floor planter, at least starting out, is probably a good idea if you've got uh, a dog or cat, and kind of like. Um, no hanging baskets. If your cat is the kind of cat that wants to like investigate things, if your cat's yeah. a pretty active uh, detective, maybe keep a plant outside or keep it indoors, but near a spot where they're less likely to, and like, don't put a plant where they would probably perch up there, I guess as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, same, same deal. The ones that I found that this, these, uh, this comes from apartmenttherapy.com. It says beginner house plants that are non-toxic to pets. And those include African violet, peperomia, pe peperomia, sorry, messed it up, polka dot plant, prayer plant, spider plants, Christmas cactus. Um, aloe was toxic to pets, which is a kind of a bummer. I, was like, I know. Oh. I really wanted to have an aloe plant too, but I know she'll try to bite it. It's, it looks it looks like food somehow. Yeah, it looks delicious. Yeah. I like want to bite it. And, yeah, it's a succulent. It looks succulent. Um, but uh, yeah, that's... Oh, gilly. 
<laughs> now I'm just thinking about that time that she ate the, the plant. I'm still kind of mad about it because <laughs> I had to prune. <laughs> I had to figure I had to, that was the incident that forced me to learn how to prune a plant. And I don't think I fully have it right yet, but I got like real plant shears. Um, and I believe when you, when you trim it, you have to go like just above the last bud then it'll keep growing later. But if you cut it too low, then it just kind of like stops there. That's a fact. <laughs> I had to do, I had to do a little bit of that. I grew, um, I grew some vegetables last summer and I had to do a lot of that. Everything died or got eaten by critters except for the tomato plant. Um, and I did have to kind of, uh, trim a lot of buds and kind of maintain to make sure that like, if there's too many um, little tomato buds, then the, none of them are going to get enough nutrients and enough water. So you kind of have mm. to mitigate that. Uh, but then I solved that problem by just abandoning the tomato plant and going <laughs> to Michigan for a month. <laughs> and I came back and like the neighbors and roommates and everyone was like, Oh man, you could have, why, why didn't you had tomatoes going? There were like a couple of little red tomatoes. And I was like, yeah, a dollar's worth. Oh, I'll, I'll be okay. <laughs> but anyway, no, that's just to say, I know about pruning. You know, you know, pruning, you know, that prune lifestyle. Like yeah. that is very funny. I that prune. I prune. We're worried about your tomatoes. I was also like, you guys could have watered it. Like the thing is at the, at the end of the day, what I abandoned were three tiny, like smaller than a gumball tomatoes. You know, like, oh yeah, you're into plant Instagram. So I'm sure you know, but like, I feel about three months into quarantine, we we're get there's a lot of content. A lot of my friends were posting like what they had gotten from their urban garden attempts. And it was always like, here's the <laughs> one tomato. Here's my one bean. And so I went into this just being like, I'm not gonna get the most I'm gonna get out of this is like a tomato that probably won't be like that good of a size. Cause it's just like I'm not tr I'm not doing anything beyond watering this but like <laughs> yeah nobody nobody really cared to and i was like this i lost a dollar's worth of tomatoes it's fine but i did find yeah it it was sad to to leave it i guess oh yeah so you i love i love the idea of, <laughs> i love the idea of growing a single bean a single bean <laughs> just one bean well, i was thinking like one green bean yes. <laughs> single green bean Oh God. Yeah. Like as a, as a kid, I had one summer where we had a yard and we actually tried to grow food and let's see, we had, we got like zucchini, watermelon, green beans and something else. And possums and other critters ate a lot of it, but they didn't really touch the green beans. So I had like, that was like a summer of just like cutting, washing, trimming and yeah. cooking green beans oh. like every week <laughs> that that triggers me because my growing up my dad had it he still has a garden but like having to go pick the green beans rinse the green beans chop the green beans can the green beans literally like now i'm saying and it's oh, like canning. That, yeah oh. oh canning was the that canning was the worst part um 
it was a I pressure cooker. I never attempted so, yeah. it. I oh, can't. I had to. I had. I was young, so I had to leave the kitchen when we when the canning fully began. But like the whole process <laughs> was just like. And as I'm repeating it back, like, oh, listen to how awful my childhood was. My dad had a garden, <laughs> and I had to pick beans and then cut them once or sometimes twice a summer. <laughs> that's that's definitely how we sound right now but like yeah i had to, i did a vegetable once and i don't know i list like i i know a ton of my ancestors were farmers and not even that many generations ago hilariously but i feel so far fucking removed from it like i think my dad's dad was probably like the last person who grew up on a farm and I still have no knowledge of any of that shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm like, and I'm an LA kid. So now I just, uh, I feel like I'm starting all over again um, and trying to relearn basic things about taking care of yourself <laughs> through taking care of a plant. Um, it's like I helping a water a plant actually yeah, it's true. Like I learned, uh, I wasn't drinking enough water <laughs> when I started watering a plant. I was like, oh fuck. Okay. I'm not watering myself. All right. I got a lot to work on. <laughs> but I mean, it's such a satisfying as somebody who's tie dyed, made candles, grew a tomato. There's mm -hmm. just something so satisfying about just like having something complete. That's like, I did this. And I think like, yeah, the world since March 2020 has been trash, but I'm I feel like we are all kind of got to have like a lot of trial and error. Like you had time at home to figure out how to how how to best uh, grow your plants, and so I I do appreciate that we've kind of had that time to 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 come up with new things to to keep us happy at home. Yeah, me too. I, I'm actually really grateful for it because, you know, like going outside is kind of stressful. And um, I like I used to jog outside and that got annoying because of just like WeHo dog walkers and et cetera. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I got like a little elliptical under my desk. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, like I got to like do that for like an hour. I'm like, see, I, I moved, but it doesn't really... Uh, replicate the going outside part so sometimes i just hang out with my plants and i just get some of that plant light yeah <laughs> and i'm like I'm, I'm probably observing this i get yeah it's probably is that the same is that what you would get for seasonal affective disorder is it the same kind of plant or is it the same kind of light like a sad I'm, light i'm pretty sure it is i think all a sad light is is like full spectrum light and i think that's what a plant light is that's what it said. That's how they advertise yeah. it. So I think it's the same thing. Someone at work asked about sad lamps and I was like, like a human sad lamp is like $200 and That's a crazy. plant lamp is like $15. <laughs> you know what same. though? I feel like differently, but like I, this year hasn't been too bad, but in the past, like I've been very seasonally affected by the, the days getting shorter. And I've always mm -hmm. like, but even I, when I've never actually got or strongly considered a sad lamp, but even I would be like, was like, would look at, I, I would just know to look at the plant lights. 
it because I just feel like that's where they're going to dupe you. They're going to, it's the same light. And they're just like, Oh, this goes on a human face, $200. Oh, this goes over a plant, $15. But like, otherwise I feel it's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Like I saw one and then like, the only difference was that like it was kind of shiny and curved and like meant for like a face that like looked like a mirror or whatever. And it's like, okay, like, I don't know. I don't need that. <laughs> just, uh, you know, the, the plant lights also are like these strips and you just pull back an adhesive. So I didn't mm. even have to learn how to use my drill, which I'm sure doesn't work. <laughs> I've never fucking used it. So like, I just stuck that shit up on the, on the kitchen bar and it works great. <laughs> Perfect. Pretend you're a begonia. Get yourself a plant light. <laughs> right? I feel very sedentary most days, so I might as well get the plant light. I like I we could easily just morph into some kind of like anamorph lizard people. I just I could sit on a hot rock and I'd be fine. Like I don't, a little weird push ups. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just do those little like weird lizards push-ups. like to do. It has something to do with the circulation, I think, or something, or maybe it's with digestion. I forget. I remember looking this up at some point because I was like, why do lizards keep doing these weird little push-ups on the sidewalk where they just like stop, do like 10 of them, then move a little bit further? I think they just want to show you. I think they're, I think they're, I think they're flexing on you. Uh, (laughs) Is it like a Flintstones car kind of thing where it's like, (laughs) he needs to like generate enough energy in order to keep walking. (laughs) So he has to stop, do push-ups. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a lot of what we're talking about is like very uh, instinctual primal stuff, right? Like the idea of a plant light and a human light being the exact, like, yeah they're they're scamming you by doing the human like get the plant like because like that it, you, we were among plants at some point like we were just living among them and ta- having to take care of them or hope to take care of them and and you know circle of life and such because otherwise we as humans would die out and it's surprising to me um steve as you pointed out earlier like how many people sort of got into say you know make your own food during the pandemic, particularly maybe vegetable gardening, and then didn't think about maybe what that would be like. And I don't mean you with your tomatoes. I just mean like generally speaking, I feel like there's, I mean, even me, like I'm in this where I was like, I'll have an herb garden. And that way I can, you know, just pluck that before I go cook or anything. And I I immediately was like, huh, what? My er- Oh, my herbs. Oh, right. I need to water them. It's been days. It like, is literally like, like yeah. Asshole. Yeah. Like step one, put seed in dirt. Step two, yeah. water. That's yeah, it. It's the, it's the easiest thing. But and it yet becomes it like, oh God, I've got to go water the tomato bush. That means <laughs> I have to fill up a thing of water, go on the porch. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I don't, oh, God, my plants, I have, oh, God, I got to fucking remember them every other day. Oh, my Tamagotchi. <laughs> I, need my, I need to feed my Tamagotchi. Right. Uh, yeah. Now, why do you think it's so hard, maybe, for, why? Uh, I got to check in on that app that I play for no reason. <laughs> oh, I can go to the door to check the mail 17 times a day, but go on the other side of the door to water a plant once? Forget about it. why do you guys think uh particularly maybe millennials have this thing because i think millennials in general have a become plant parents um there's you know a whole plant parent cottage industry that has sprouted up and but 
there's so much also, oh, I killed my plant. Oh, I'm a bad plant parent type of stuff going on. Why do you think we're so bad at taking care of plants overall compared to maybe previous generations? Ooh, I I, I don't know about y'all, but like, I feel like millennials were probably the first generation to like be watched as kids. Mm. Like mm-hmm. in terms of like, even if nobody was around, it was like every, everyone always knew where you were um, yeah. in a way that like, I think some of my friends who are just like 10 years older than me, who are more Gen Xers are like, oh yeah, there was a time where we would just go into the woods <laughs> and like, I can't even imagine that. Um, so like, I think there was like a very, at least for like more urban kids who grew up in like the suburbs and, and, and like city cities um, where like being around plants was just kind of like not something you thought about. And like, I didn't have a house where we cared about the garden or the lawn. Um, And most of the time we didn't really live in like apartments that had any real vegetation. It wasn't like a thing we were thinking about. Um, And for a lot of folks, um, the like agrarian lifestyles that maybe their forebears had are kind of embarrassing. Like I think mm-hmm. learning how to be like slick, um, sexy millennials with media jobs and stuff. Like it, <laughs> at first it was like, everything is computer. I live inside computer. And at a certain point we realized we have to live with ourselves <laughs> somehow um and yeah that means you have to have some kind of interface with nature and reality and for me the easiest way has been plants and i and i'm like maybe the one trillionth person to like get into it (laughs) last year so yeah i don't know i think uh i think people are a little there's like a mental block on it it feels like something that only a special type of person is supposed to know or like uh there's also that just class thing of like i want to get my food i want to have my food brought to me as opposed to like this the labor of like or perceived labor of like farming shit yeah to me i think some of it is that perceived labor and the idea of oh i don't have time I'm a busy person on the go, 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 you know, and growing up in the go, go 90s and uh, being being part of a generation where go, go, going is like the number one thing to do, whereas taking care of plants requires you to slow down. Yes. See what's happening, like get to know your plant. Plants are persnickety. Uh, you have to know like, oh, does it like the sun? Oh, that's too much sun. It's going to burn up. Oh, that's not enough sun. It's droopy. Like it's a lot of observation and listening. And I think that that's something that maybe generationally, I wouldn't say that we struggle with. I think we just kind of forget that that's such an important part of living day to day. And maybe during the pandemic, it's like really brought that to light of like, oh yeah, you got to live day to day because you don't know what's happening. Yeah, the yeah. government is incompetent and everything is a disaster. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, our our government is letting everyone die in the street. Okay, yeah. um, I better <laughs> learn how to grow a fucking tomato, or yeah. I'm gonna die. Uh, <laughs> like that's you know that's definitely a a feeling that's undergirding all of this um, for sure. Um, I also think that like like you said, like it takes time 
to slow down and be patient and listen and observe. And that kind of goes against the sort of like optimization, go, go, go kind of lifestyle that you were describing. Like pre-pandemic, it was like, let me uh, let me Postmate sweet green so that I can work through my, my lunch at this ad agency or whatever. And And like, I've definitely lived that life before. And you're just kind of playing off of like a digital clock almost. Like you're not really mm-hmm. attached to earth. You're attached to like, capitalism I guess you're like plugged into like the hamster wheel of like here's when I go to work here's when I do this and I have just enough time to stop at uh like Trader Joe's and get the same five things I always get um and go home um and paying attention to plants is not instant gratification it's like it's not sending a slack message (laughs) it's it's truly just watching something. Um, and that's hard. That's legitimately very hard. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even just like, not that there's not, it's not instant gratification, but it's like minimal gratification. Like do this all the time, never stop taking care of this plant and you are rewarded with the plant, not dying. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's the same with kids too. Like, yeah, that's true. I think that yeah, and like being a like plant parent is like a good. It's like a it's like accurate enough to say someone's a plant parent in some way. Yeah. Like because yeah, you have to pay attention enough. It's not a lot of work, but it's it's some. Um, yeah, I I really like uh, just learning the basics. Um, those those basics alone are like kind of worth the the Instagram scrolling for me. Um, just like, yeah, just air, light, water, location. Uh, those things alone kind of like helped me figure myself out and where I was uh, as a human. So that's that's pretty good. I'll yeah, and I, I mean, beyond that, it's like, you know, we, we've sort of gone over some of the very, very basics. And then once you start getting into like, uh, some other plant parenting stuff. It's like, what's the ideal temperature? And that's another one, certainly for me, where it's like, yes, I have learned that I have an ideal temperature and I like to be in it. And when it goes up too high, I have to figure out how to cool myself off or warm myself up. It's something that I just wasn't doing enough of probably before <laughs> all of this. Um, same with like humidity, which is like a huge environmental challenge for like indoor gardeners, especially in like winter. Cause, um, if you're uh, not uh, like if your air circulation isn't great, then or if you're just relying on the heat or it's too cold outside or like if it's super humid and it's going to mess things up, it's like um, your plant's going to lose all that moisture through their leaves. And it's like, we'll get a humidifier. And you're like, oh, <laughs> yes, exactly. And like, oh, I didn't realize. Oh, I what- could do th- for me. <laughs> <laughs> But for me too. Yeah, I got a humidifier for the plants and then it ended up next to my side of the bed. That's where it is now because I learned that I actually sleep better with a humidifier. Uh, That would have, knowing that 10 years ago, (laughs) would have had a lot less insomnia. But yeah, it's uh, like, like those dumb basics are super helpful. 
Uh, so let's say you were doing everything right and your plant wasn't thriving. Like what, like if I'm like, I bought the right plant, the cat's not eating it. It's in a good <laughs> spot. I think I'm watering it the right amount. Uh, this plant just seems to be doing whatever. What, what would you tell me or anybody as far as like what's happening here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At first in my head, I thought you said like, oh, the cat, the cat's barely touched the plant. There's got to be something <laughs> wrong with it. This plant doesn't look appetizing anymore. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I've, I've been there. If it feels like you've tried everything, like you're, you're trying different watering techniques and you've adjusted the lighting and you tried to address whatever humidity it wants and it's still being weird, like either it's not growing or it's like drooping or drying out. There are like ways that you can test what's going on. Um, there are those like weird artificial intelligence apps that we've mentioned before where it's like, oh, your mileage may vary. But um, one thing that can help is getting a fertilizer. Um, I, I have a brand called like Neptunes and I think it's like, um, it's based seaweed based um, with a bunch of like potassium and shit and that helps enrich the soil so that the plant will grow. Um, but there are rules for how you fertilize something um, like and when depending on the plant. So in the general rule is to probably fertilize uh, in the spring through summer, um, but it depends on what your plant is. Um, and uh, some plants just really don't like fertilizer or they want a specific kind. So you just have to kind of figure that out. But um, yeah. Yeah, they're less into Neptunes and more into like clips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they like, sometimes they just need to tell you what brand they want. And <laughs> it's less into Neptunes and more into like the later NERD stuff. <laughs> <laughs> My problem. They with just want to hear like, beautiful. I just want you to know. <laughs> yeah, they want that baby for uh, all voice. <laughs> yeah, they don't want they don't want happy. They don't want minions for They want early for minions for Oh, my God. Um, little known fact, maybe not little known fact. Um, Pharrell also did the theme song for minions three uh, yellow light, which was not nearly as popular is happy it appears but i did not even know about yeah. that song so just so wow. you guys know there was another minions movie another pharrell song called yellow light and, and also it's a flop yeah and it's a <laughs> flop um speaking of being dragged what would you say about pot sizes like there's this kind of apparently house plant myths surrounding like oh you gotta repot your plant and apparently it's not as much of a thing that they want to do. They don't want to be stressed out and move from pot to pot, especially if the pot is too small. So like, what would you say to folks who are like, well, should I try a new pot? Like how, how much does that play into the growth of a healthy plant? Ooh, uh, from what I understand, uh, as a, a baby beginner is you don't want to rush to repot, um, that like, I'm, I am personally waiting to look for the roots starting to come out 
from the bottom or getting really close to the bottom of the soil. And uh, if if it's a spreading plant, like a, like a like say a purple waffle plant is like an example of a plant that will like group into clusters and go outward. Um, if it's uh, starting to spread out to the edge of the pot, then um, it's probably time to just give it room so that it'll keep spreading. Um, but yeah, I, I am someone who wants to wait till the last possible <laughs> minute to repot because it just, I'm always afraid that I'm, I'm doing it at the wrong time. <laughs> I, want to, I want it to be obvious. So I tend to wait to see the roots getting close to the edge. Yeah. Have you done anything where you're like um, setting up your own kind of self-watering planter on any of your plants? I have not tried that yet. I've been looking up models and I'm still a little confused about how they work and whether or not I'd need to change the water. Like it seems like if the water is just sitting there, it's, I don't know. So I'm, I'm curious myself as to how those um, will help me I actually kind of like watering my plants. Like I do like checking in on them, but maybe for like a super finicky one, like one that really wants to be watered at specific times, that might be great for a self-watering planter. Yeah. Okay. Have you already sense. said who would be the, who's the most finicky plant? Which plant's Ooh, yeah. the biggest bitch? The biggest, <laughs> the bitchiest plant, yeah, the most diva. Um, yeah, God, you know, one of them is like the, the fiddle leaf fig, which is like one of those like cool kid plants that like every every millennial has like a big one in the window. I have like a little baby one because uh, I'm suspicious. <laughs> I don't know that I can actually grow it. So I didn't want to invest in a big one. Um, and those like really like to stay moist, but not too moist. They also want to be misted, but misted during the daytime when it's warm enough. Um, th those are kind of annoying. There are a lot of super tropical plants um, that require humidity that tend to also be really, really finicky. Um, another what's like another species um there are those like prayer plants that are usually pretty easy to water but um if they aren't in the right light they just will stay they won't like move with the sun and stuff like you want like that's the fun of watching those like rattlesnake plants with the long skinny leaves like open and close as the light changes um so yeah those can be a little finicky if you don't have them in the right level of humidity and sun but uh yeah those are the ones i can think of but there's some bitchy there's some bitchy ass plants i sometimes scroll through like um in la there is a really great uh black owned delivery service called the plant provocateur and uh it's uh you like sort of curates like a really good um, batch of like easy plants, but then also like more hardcore plants. And every time I scroll through, I'm like, wait, what does this want? Oh God, no, <laughs> I can't do this. Um, yeah. The, the, I tend to stay away from the high maintenance ones for now. I, I'm, I'm hoping I can make these babies live for another couple months. <laughs> if we can see the spring, then I'm feeling good. And then I'm going to get one of those bitchy plants. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to take on one of those plants. It's like, no, I'm not going there for dinner. <laughs> my impression of high Won't you tell me what's wrong? You should know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. You have to figure it out. Aren't you going to ask me how my day was? You can't. <laughs> Aren't you going to ask me how my day was? 
Aren't you? You didn't even say that I cut my hair. You didn't even notice. Oh my god. Wow. This is <laughs> too real. Too real. That's exactly uh, the energy with these bitchy plants. <laughs> um uh uh so as far as like propagation, which is how plants reproduce, uh <laughs> much like Diane Warren, plants can be either sexual or asexual. And uh, there's a ton of different ways to help plants propagate uh, seeds, spores, leaf cuttings, uh, air layering, some other stuff. Uh, have you dealt with any kind of sexual propagation among your plants? Or is that is that too forward? I'm so sorry. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I, I, but Nadia, I, that question wasn't pre-approved. <laughs> I was told I would see the questions before this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is like a spicy question. I am, I am propagation curious. I, <laughs> I've been uh, reading about how to do it, and I want to make sure that I make the right cuttings because that is something mm -hmm. I would like to do, especially with my um, my silver dollar plant. I think it's also called the Chinese money plant. It's like has these like cute little disc leaves and I want to propagate it to uh, make a second one and see if I can actually get the little guys to grow in an actual like circle formation. Like I see on the internet <laughs> and I can't do that yet. So um, yeah, I would, I would look up on YouTube exactly how to propagate certain plants um, because there are, ways of cutting um and places that you're supposed to cut knowing where the nodes are oh, <laughs> the <God>. nodes <laughs> so yes um like that's something i'm looking forward to in the future but i i yeah i, I need to put a promise ring on and you know really <laughs> do my homework because i don't want to i don't want to ruin it you don't want to hurt them exactly <laughs> And you want to be safe. Everybody remember, when you're propagating your plants, be safe. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> make use, sure, make use sure protection. that you're... Yeah, exactly. Use protection. Wear gloves. You know, Always you wear gloves. No Always. glove, no love. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you found a lot of bugs on your plants? Have Has that been a thing? Or have you been able to kind of keep them away? Um, I've been pretty good at keeping them away we did have like a weird fruit fly infestation in the summer that was oh, interesting no. for a while but um they didn't really like burrow into my plant thankfully and and um i found like uh, a couple holes in one guy and i couldn't see what it was so i got um some neem oil uh, there, there are a couple of brands that like sell it in like spray bottles, like, uh, Nutria is one. Um, so I just like sprayed them with neem oil and it, uh, I think it's repelling the plants that are most likely to eat the leaves. Um, yeah, it's like an actual concern. There are all of these like ugly bugs. Like one is called scale and it's like these little, little shelly looking scaly bugs that are like underneath the leaf. Um, and then there are like, uh, white flies are another kind of little baby fly that you they're like kind of hard to see but they will just totally destroy um so yeah neem oil do that <laughs> all right no that's good to know i feel like that's one of the few things that's uh anytime i know somebody who's gotten 
into house plants and has become a plant parent recently if they then have some sort of horror story about bugs i don't know and steve steve's house definitely has um some plants going on but i don't think you guys have had any bug horror stories no um they're my roommate's plants um and i feel bad because i never think when he's out of town or gone i never think to like water them or look at them for him but Mm -hmm. like there we do have a lot of plants I didn't even think about it until I didn't even think about the the fact that I have plants in my house until Nadia brought it up right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's how that's how little I care about those guys. (laughs) Um, But no, we've never had we've never had good. Yeah, (laughs) we've never had uh, we've never had bugs from them, though. Uh, That's good. Lucky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just feels like what it's like one more thing, but then it does remind you like, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's what the outside is. What did you think? Did you bring it into your house and everything would be fine? Um, I mean, that is like my biggest problem with plants in general is I don't know what's under that dirt, you know, like, (laughs) I don't know what burrowed in there and what kind of bugs are in there or worms or anything like that. Ugh. I love, I I love like the voice. <laughs> Bugs and worms. Like that that tomato plant, like it's dead and still sitting like outside up against the building because I'm just like, ugh, what's in the dirt? You know, like I don't it's probably like worms or something eating like the roots. I don't know, but I don't want to open it and I don't want to like touch it and touch a bug. <laughs> I feel like you gotta compost that thing, right? Like that's that's what I've always been told. I mean you could be insensitive and just throw it in the garbage, but no, otherwise you can I mean, give it back to the earth. Yeah, That's I mean, true. I'll probably just like, yeah, I'll probably just. No, we have a. Uh, oh, the, our building has a yard waste thing, so I can put it in there probably. So it can safely compost itself and uh, yes, uh, turn yeah. turn into mm-hmm. another new tomato plant at some point that isn't. Mm-hmm. Isn't failing you? <laughs> it's the circle of life. Well, no, I failed. I don't know. I'd I'd say that plant gave, like, based on what I gave that plant, it gave me back what I gave it, which is just mm. like the minimum. Like the <laughs> fact the that end... it, the fact that it bore fruit in general, because um, it was like during even the, like those it was those hot days over the summer. Sometimes I'd be like two days, and I'd be like, oh, I should probably go make sure that. I don't know if I've watered it lately. So look, the fact that it gave me what I deserved. I think in general, plants give you what you deserve. And in the end, the tomatoes you make is equal to the tomatoes you take. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my dumb brain. Anyway. (laughs) Um, What would you say is like last bits of advice for anybody who's a looking to do like indoor plants and then be anybody who's looking to maybe grow their own food. Okay. Um, for just like getting into plants, I would normally say, Oh, go to a nursery. If there's an outdoor nursery that you feel safe going to try that because then the proprietor can, you can like bug them and you just ask mm-hmm. them a bunch of annoying questions and they have to answer you. It's great. Um, and, uh, and they, and they want to sell you plants. So you just have to like uh, ask for the easiest thing and ask for tips and, uh, and uh, don't be afraid to ask like, where should I put this in my home? Um, yeah. And they're nice there. Cause I, yeah. I went to a nursery once when I wanted to grow 
I forget what and why it was a couple of years ago, but I went in kind of feeling like intimidated. And that's the thing is when you go into a store that like specializes in something, whether it's like a sporting store or a plant store, I'm always intimidated. Like, Oh, I'm an imposter. I don't belong here. But really everybody in the store is like, cool. Somebody who likes what I like just walked in. Yeah. Yeah. There are folks who are like genuinely excited to like teach someone about plants, which is hilarious. I love that about them. So they, uh, we need those people. Those are great folks to lean on. If, uh, if you've got like an outdoor nursery, that's safe, uh, to go to. Um, and there are some pretty good, uh, Instagrams to follow. Like the ones we mentioned before, like I really like, um, as an LA person, uh, the Los Angeles times, like indigenous plants. There's, um, there's also like a, uh, there are other ways that you can learn about plants. If you're interested in like outdoor stuff, like actually going out on walks and identifying things. Um, there are some like indigenous plant websites, um, that you can go to and they'll show you where to go and how to, how to like walk the path and how to identify things. Um, that's something I would love to do someday. But, um, for, um, for farming, I would recommend, uh, uh, getting, um, like, uh, Leah Penniman's book, uh, farming while black is a great, uh, beginner's guide. And it's like, meant for black people uh in in a cultural context um for a lot of reasons um for american folks but um all of the information in there is like super basic it's like these are like the types of beans that are the easiest to grow these are the most consistent crops these are crops that you can grow at this time this is how you uh, this is how you care for soil, like all of these sort of basics. Um, if you're someone who's like trying to put together a planter and grow like, like corn and shit, like that's, I think a great place to look because it's really basic, easy to understand information. It doesn't like assume you're a farmer. Um, and yeah, uh, there's, um, yeah, there's just YouTube, YouTube. I just like type in <laughs> a specific plant that I'm interested in and just like watch a couple videos and figure out if it's something that I want. Um, I highly recommend following plant queen, uh, K W E E N. Mm -hmm. Um, they're amazing. Um, and then yeah, black girls in gardens, uh, is a favorite of mine. And, uh, then there are just like your classic websites, like apartment therapy and the spruce and all of those guys that will, teach you basic things. Uh, if you're someone who wants everything to be really easy for you, you can go to a website like thesill.com and it's like a plant service and they'll just kind of <laughs> help you pick a plant and tell you what to get and charge you extra for it and <laughs> send it to you or whatever. But hey, if that works for you, do that too. This is all fantastic advice and makes me want to run out and buy a shit ton of plants. <laughs> And fill my home with them and hope my cat doesn't eat them. This is all great info. And it makes me remember that I also did a garden when I was a kid over a summer that failed spectacularly. Because did you get anything? <laughs> did you did it bear anything? It did. It bared little baby corn. And it was it was supposed to be large corn. Okay. It was just it, it came out baby size. It was not like baby corn, like this. The actual baby corn you see is just, just, just tiny sized bits of corn. <laughs> oh, uh, it wasn't like the, the kind at the salad bar. 
Yes, exactly. Exactly. The tomatoes did not come through because the gopher was pulling them down by the roots. Wow. Uh, the green beans were also gone. The snap peas were gone. That gopher, that gopher fucked me up. Uh, wow. And then I was yeah, like, gophers- lesson is never try. <laughs> never try. Uh, never nature try. is <laughs> nature's a cruel nature's mistress cool. and she will take from you. Uh, well, this makes me super jazzed to like get back in the garden. I, Steve, do you want to try to give a tomato plant another go now? No, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you where I'm going to tell you where Amanda has got me though. I think just the way my room is set up, I get, I, my windows are facing West. So I get a lot of sun for most, like I get a lot of evening afternoon sun, I mm-hmm. think I if I think I want to try succulents. They seem I, I just think I could handle succulents. I think I'd yeah. like them. I think the cat would like to be amongst them. I can play music for them and they don't require as much water. And yeah. Because yeah. I don't like the I don't like the the maintenance of it all you know yeah there's a lot of like there's a lot to learn about fucking moisture that's tough there's like some real organic chemistry stuff going on that like it's kind of advanced for me too um there's a really good store in la called cactus store.com <laughs> um that uh it's it's uh run by like a a native latinx angelino who like is just like a cactus expert oh. Excellent. And they collect weird specimens of cacti. Is this somewhere I can buy a cactus or is this just to look at pictures? Uh, both. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I just realized. Speaking of growing and, and stuff. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of growing plants. Um, I got this for my birthday from my neighbor. An easy bonsai starter kit. Ooh. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. It it gives you the directions and direction number four is like, it should be, it should be fully grown and time to like, uh, time to like trim in two to three years. So that's another thing I have a struggle (laughs) with is like, I'm supposed to put a seed in this pot and then just like, take care of it for legit two to three years to maybe have like commitment this. Yeah, man, I I can't, I it's, it's a hard sell for me. And it, I don't it just, know. it gives me a weird sort of like two anxiety also of like, what, like what happens if like I move and I need somebody to take care of this or like, you know, if I go on a trip or like for the next two to three years, if I do anything, like not only can you watch the cat, but can you, you know, and then what happens when you can start trimming it? More work. <laughs> so two to three years before it becomes more work. So yes. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll give it away. <laughs> that is a great re-gift, honestly. That's how I got it. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be one of those things that just gets re-gifted into forever. Just add... <laughs> Future generations grow. will be passing this bonsai tree down. Yeah. I mean, look at the bottom. Yeah, it's like the apocalypse if- happens. <laughs> They're just going to find this little bonsai tree package. They're going to be like, oh, this must have been like of great importance. They kept it in the box. 
what if I planted it and watered it and passed that on? And then it almost took on like a community Ooh. kind of thing where like maybe I like Ooh. maybe Nadia holds on to it for a couple of months. She passes it on to you, Amanda. And then like we then so the ownership over this plant just grows and we can Ooh. all just feel like we are a part of something. <laughs> the sisterhood of the traveling bonsai tree. Exactly. <laughs> Very into it. <laughs> sisterhood of the succulent plants. I'm in. All right, let's do this. Cool. Um, let's get you. a Google Calendar set up. <laughs> Everybody, put in when you're going to be gods. So we don't hand it to you. I can never do Thursdays. <laughs> Amanda Meadows, thank you so much for coming on. Why do you know that? Thank you guys so much. I had a great time. Thanks for uh, talking about plants and other things. Always. <laughs> Is there anything that you would like to plug at this time? Uh, let's see. Uh, I am uh, on a podcast that is still airing new episodes called Dirt Cheap. Uh, it's a podcast that my husband and I co-host. He reads to me a very, very bad dime store novel from 1945. And I react to it. And then we talk about uh, what kind of that shit nonsense is going on. And uh, it's, uh, it's a really good time. Uh, you can find that anywhere the podcasts are, are listened to. Um, and uh, my, my main job, I, I edit comic books. So you can go to onipress.com any old time and uh, look at some good comic books. Uh, I, I endorse reading any and all comics. She's great. She's great at what she does. <laughs> Y'all are great. It's true. It's true. Um, and where can people find you online? Oh, yes. You can follow me on Twitter at Amandonium uh, and on Instagram at Megamander. I, you know, I, I, I say things and I post things sometimes. But, hey, it's, mm. uh, it's a way to keep in, keep in touch, I suppose, <laughs> if you like mostly retweets and photos of food. Find the haps. See, what, see what's going on. Yeah. Just well, generally. I just I just followed to uh, black girls with guard. It's black girls with gardens, not yes. in gardens. Thank uh, you. Yeah, because it autofilled to black girls in Trader Joe's, which you know, <laughs> yeah. Follow. I did not know about that one. Follow. It's verified. <laughs> no list, just vibes. Hell yeah! Hey everybody, thanks D. for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Why Do You Know That Pod or on Twitter at Why Do You Know Pod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at Why Do You Know That Pod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime. Uh-huh.